Hi, this is Mike Ross, public address announcer for your Toronto Maple Leafs, and this is the Leafs Late Night Podcast, your post-game destination. And now, your starting lineup, Roscoe, the Fanalist, Southey, Beaner, and Darty Brodeur on the Leafs Late Night Podcast. Yeah, baby, two in a row. And against Boston, which feels good. Welcome back to Leafs Late Night, presented by Inside the Rink, where it's never too late for the Leafs. Clearly, as they have made quite the comeback the last two games and turned around uh, what seemed like a sinking Titanic of a season. So, I am joined today by Beaner, Steph the Fanalist, and Darty Broder. Remember to subscribe, follow, like, leave us a review, a comment, any of those things. Follow us across all platforms, because guess what? We have a logo. If you didn't see it, go on to Twitter, go on to our Discord, wherever it is, check it out, because it's really nice looking, and it's going to be on some stuff that you can get real soon. I know I keep saying that, but now that we actually have a logo, it's like actually happening. This is the thing that was holding us up. We now have it. It's pretty and I like it. And we can put it on all sorts of things, I think. Pretty. I'm waiting to hear back on which things we can put it on because from just sorry, to, I'm just going to talk about this for a quick sec. Um, if you have been on Inside the Rinks website, which you should because you can find all kinds of amazing articles like Nathan's pregame and Mike's postgames that were posted today. Um, they have a shop. And each of the podcast shops have a, a t-shirt and a sweater, but the Inside the Rinks store itself has uh, mugs and hats and all kinds of things. So I am inquiring, as we did in our town hall uh, a couple months ago, um, if we can get some of that stuff. Because people have been asking in our Discord if they can get a hat or a mug. And honestly, I want a hat or a mug. The holiday season's coming up, and I think they're fun things to give away. Wink, wink. You should buy some stuff when it drops. Wouldn't With it be that, rich? How's if it? our fans got everybody doing did. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, it's probably just going to go up on the store and I'm not going to hear about it. And then people will be like, oh, I bought something. I'll be like, oh, fuck. I didn't buy anything yet. <laughs> I want one of every color. Please and thank you. <clears throat> well, that's the thing is like we, mm, we can keep this to ourselves, I guess, but we can get some stuff made. Um, so how's everybody doing? We haven't had everyone here in a while. Steph, let's start with you. I'm good. I'm good. I'm still kind of laughing at Beaner's face there when you said the Leafs season started like a ship in the Titanic and he had that funny smirk on his face. So I'm glad you're back, Bean. So nice to see you and can't wait to hear what you have to say later on about that. The but, yeah. voice of reason is back. Yes. <laughs> good to have you. It's been it's been an unhinged, uh, what did we call it? The darty... The what Darty what was the name Dar- we came up with? The Roscoe and Darty Power Hour. <laughs> yeah. Where we were just a little bit emotional and unhinged for a couple episodes. And that's fine because I think everybody was. I mean, to say that we were unhinged, Dangle's podcast was talking about trading Marner. And I mean, I think we might have mentioned something along those lines, but I don't think we they were like fire sale mode. We at least, I think, kept a bit of our cool. We were just frustrated more than anything. Like I said to trade Marner on my uh, on my Twitter and then I deleted it because I was like, that's really fucking dumb. (laughs) That's something that like, (laughs) you know, something I should take a walk, take a lap first and then come back to. 
But uh, I just love that Titanic analogy with Bean. He, I can imagine Bean's like, you know what? There was enough room for Jack on the uh, on, on the floating door. door, but not enough room for Jack Campbell. We're just sitting here talking about Steph being the voice of reason. Is Jack Campbell still elite, Steph? Please tell me. Is Jack Campbell still elite? <laughs> no, he is not because he doesn't have a leaf on his chest. <laughs> <laughs> oh real quick there there is a fifth that is uh you know normally sometimes here in Southey, but he was uh we'll call it lucky enough or just he got tickets tonight for the sends and philly game which mm-hmm. to quote him was so boring that he pulled out his phone and was watching the leaf game from his seat oh because God. He said it was like watching two peewee teams play each other. Like it was brutal. Sens lost that one two to one. Um, but Claude Giroux scored against his old team. Um, so I guess good for him. But otherwise, he said just awful game to watch. I only caught the last, I think, minute of it when the uh, the Leaf game ended. I watched all the ones that have flipped over to because uh, that's something that I haven't gotten the privilege of in uh, <clears throat> streaming games is at hockey night in Canada where they're like, Oh, and now we're going to go over here. Welcome all the people from the leaf game. It's like, Oh, thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Miss you. So, um, yeah, we miss you. Sadly. So Beaner, I'll throw it over to you since you've missed a couple episodes. How's it going? How have you been handling the, uh, kind of, uh, hmm, reactions, the emotions, the, uh armchair gms the coach firings the sell the whole team everybody reactions you know how have you been taking it well to start it's good to be back and thankfully it's still been stupid busy at work so i've been able to just kind of ignore my phone and listen to people go off and just kind of ignore everything really like i get it it sucks and Darty said many times, we want to see this team just come out and blow the doors off everybody. And everybody does. We're fans. That's like fan is short for fanatic. Like <laughs> that's, that's what we want to see. Um, if you take a step back and look, we're still starting off better than we did last year. And last year we had 115 point season breaking franchise records and the franchise has been around forever. We have like Matthews has had Matthews has had the worst shooting percentage of his entire career. Like he's like ten percent or something ridiculous like that of his excuse me, regular shooting percentage up until the past couple games. You have a sniper like that who's shooting like who has that bad of puck luck, it starts averaging out. You're gonna get three, four more wins easy. Well, you take three or four of those losses away, make them wins, and nobody's saying boo because Toronto media can't say anything good. They can only say bad. Um, like, it, it's frustrating and it's annoying and it sucks that they lose, but th- this is what you come to expect. Like, Marty Zilstra keeps pointing out Pat Quinn's great quote when he was coach. When we win, we lose, and when we lose, we lose. <laughs> right right like if you yeah. lose the game everybody's on you for losing if you win the game well let's see what they do in the playoffs mm. like it, everybody's been telling this entire team all summer regular season doesn't matter well they just came and shoved it in your face okay you say regular season doesn't matter well then fuck it 
Pardon my French. Like <laughs> That's actually a really good point is everybody was kind of calling for whatever. Regular season doesn't matter. And then eight, nine games in, everyone's like, what's going on? <laughs> I didn't have like, does it matter or doesn't it? On my bingo card today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to say, though, I did listen to that uh, Steve Dangle episode and I was in shock when they were literally blowing up the core four and like talking about scenarios as if they took over the franchise what they would do immediately and you know like dishing out Kerfoot immediately and uh, I don't know just I was oh, they were just done with Marner. and I, later on maybe a different episode I'll, I'm trying to catch up I'm really behind but um, they were just shitting on Kerfoot a ton and Marner I bet later on but I was like guys like do you not remember this guy leads the NHL in time on ice he leads all categories among all right wingers in the in the league like it's an 82 game season. There's going to be bad. There's going to be good. But like I said, last episode, I think we've turned a page. November is here. We've just beat the Boston Bruins who are 10, one and O to start the season. I mean, all mark eight straight wins, one, four and one coming into tonight, but not today, son, the leaves got your number and we got the dub. So very happy about tonight. Just to tie it all over to the game. So speaking of, um, you know, having somebody that plays all around the lineup, I just kind of want to touch on the lineup tonight. Um, Pierre Engvall at center. Can we just talk about that? After Darty and I made this whole thing about the Swedish Barry line, man, <laughs> the Swedes needed to be kept together and not in this weird way. I don't understand this line. I'm trying to find mm-hmm. what the actual lines were tonight from Alter. It was, uh, yeah, Simmons with Yarncroak and then Engvall in the middle. I don't get that. I don't get having Simmons on the third line and then burying Malgan and Aston Reese with Kampf on the fourth line. Like, that just, that didn't make sense to me. So they actually kept the fourth line the same from last game which I appreciated, but there was a lot of line juggling as well. At one point I saw, I believe, uh, who was it? Ingvall, uh, Yarncroak, and Willie at one point. I don't know. I have to go through the, the rest of the game, but uh, Nathan actually pointed it out in his pregame article as well. Will that fourth line stick? And tonight, what would you guys think compared to the third anyways? Uh, Ingvall was 50-50 on the dot, so not bad for a first time this season. It's not bad, but I mean, like we're saying about Kerfoot, if you have him with the ability to play center as well as he does, like why not have him center the third line or Kampf center the third line and have somebody else on the second? Like we we don't need Kerfoot on the second line. That's kind of what they proved through these first 10 games, no? Beaner, go ahead. I th- as silly as it may sound from what I think I'm seeing anyways is I don't think he's effective enough, if that makes sense, on the third and fourth line. Not that I don't think he has the, the tools or the skill set to do it. Um, we've talked many times is how, you know, the Harvard boy, he can kind of work up and down the lineup and play any position. But I think he really, really needs to get the extra minutes. And he can he can play that little bit of a... a Maybe Komarov, like a pest style. He's not a rat, but a little bit of a pest sometimes. And having that on a line with, you know, your other winger on the other side is Willie. 
that's not necessarily a bad thing because you know JT is going to be driving all the time, constantly moving, and he has looked amazing this year. 100 points, baby. Um, oh, yeah. I'm going to so eat I, shit on that one, I swear. Like, I, I honestly... Oh, you are going to eat shit on that, Johnny. I've been going back to all... Like, from September, <laughs> I've been listening to the episodes, and you were you were calling him so over the hill. You were saying yeah. he was washed up. You were saying washed. time is done. Like, it was hilarious. I was, like, just doing a little pumping some iron before the game and listening to you say that, and I'm like, man, the shit that this guy's going to eat. <laughs> uh, Making the iron flow even more. <laughs> just, like, getting mad. Like, this is <laughs> fake news. Fake news. <laughs> Look, it's something I'm very happy to be wrong on, okay? It's not like... Uh, the opposite would have been worse. We'll say that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think like to, you sound like my six-year-old. Um, <laughs> I, I, tonight, I actually can't really find too many flaws. Like nobody's going to be perfect. Everybody has bad shifts, but I was really impressed top to bottom all night. Um, and I, I don't know if it was just keep trying different things because they're they're probably going to be making some sort of move at some point here or just how it happened over the course of changing lines you know middle of the play but there was a, a moment in time there where Sandine and Lilligren were there together I didn't mind it either yeah I mean Lilligren for his first game back looked like uh, he hasn't missed a beat which is great because I mean not that I'm not going to say Sandine was playing badly, but I think it's taken him a few games to kind of catch a stride after missing training camp with the <clears throat> holdout. Meanwhile, Lilligren seems to be a little, uh, a little fresher because, you know, he he's had the little conditioning stint after his injury and everything. And you know what else that means having Lily back? What's that? What did you just say last episode was the only reason Hall's in our lineup? Oh, cause he's right-handed and Lilligren's right-handed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, I guess the the point that I was kind of hoping that we talked ourselves into was that I don't necessarily... Okay, I'm not saying that Kerfoot is useless like they were alluding to, but not alluding to, even just kind of flat out saying. Um, but I think what we're, keep, we're running into is that there's things we need and he's one that kind of just keeps moving around because we have never found a permanent home for him. So it seems like the easy person to kind of all right, let's let's find somebody that can be full time in in a spot on the second line and full time in a spot on the third line, uh, and bring in you know it looks like a goalie or a defenseman because now Muzzin's out long term and uh oh, we have no goalie now. Yeah. So hmm. I think having a log jam up front is great when you don't need things on the back end. But right now, because of I'm just gonna say context wise, it's it's all different now when you need two new pieces. Well, Johnny, like Kerfoot's not really exceptional at anything, right? He's just like flex tape. He's good at stopping any leaks and gaps in our lines, but he doesn't make any line particularly better being on it, right? So like if you're looking for your, you know, why, what's wrong with Kerfoot? There's nothing wrong with him. He's just not exceptional. Like you, he, you want someone like you, ideally you want someone in Kerfoot's spot on that second line that is better than Kerfoot. Like, I said, he's just there so that that line is complete. He doesn't make it any better being on it. He but was he I, was fourth I, in expected goals for tonight. I get that it's it's the same thing with Bunting. Nick Robertson though, wouldn't like, be, though. Do no, but <laughs> here's the thing: do, do, 
do $20 million of guys. It's the same thing that goes with the first line. Do Tavares and Nylander need an exceptional left winger or do they need a guy that's going to not make any mistakes and make sure they can do what they need to do? And I think you can get that from somebody that maybe you pay a little less than Alex Kerfoot and you can move Alex Kerfoot now for somebody that's going to bring you something on the back end. And I think this will mean a a little to fans uh, it going full circle because Tyson Berry came in with Kerfoot, if I'm not mistaken, and that didn't work out. So being able to, in the end, turn Kerfoot into a defender after we lose Muzzin. I like, I'm not on the hate Kerfoot train. I just think there's needs now and uh, he might be the odd man out because of how many young guys are coming up, right? Like there's guys that can take a spot now. This wasn't the case last year. You know, Robertson was, was not ready and you know, there's other guys now. So is Robertson ready? Are we keeping I Robinson think... or what? Like, what's the scoop there? Because, like, in my head, I remember I, ha- I had this conversation with you in the group chat. Like, why don't like we got we got Jordy Ben, we got Robertson. I'm sure Dallas is chomping at the bit to get the, their brothers together. I'm sure we could rob them of something for for that. Like, what? Like, if we're not gonna be doing anything serious with Robertson. Like, what the fuck are we doing then? Yeah, and I mean, I know everybody listening. We haven't even gotten to the game yet, but. Um... There's just some things that have come up in the interim, like Muzzin going on LTIR. And not only that, the comments about, you know, his long-term health and whether it's good for him to play hockey or not is kind of what they're evaluating. He flew off to LA for a special treatment. Like things are not looking awesome for him. So now that the four of us are here, we kind of have to discuss like what what's going to happen. Because uh, as great as the play has been, there's now like this game, good on baby goalie. Prince Eric, but uh, <clears throat> he can't be the only one under contract that's not hurt. Mm-hmm. And especially uh, without the defense is starting to look like, <laughs> like, oh fuck, man! Like, you don't even, you don't even have like, you don't, we don't have Garrett Sparks even. You know what I mean? Like, that's how screwy we are. If, if, <laughs> if Samson is, if Samson is actually toast, which I don't know, does anybody have any news on that yet, or is he, is it still like in the air if he's coming back? Nothing. Yeah, so like he if we is. just have Shalgren, oh man, <laughs> he's not traveling tomorrow, confirmed. So oh, someone else will be backing up uh, Shalgren. Will it be Petruzzelli? Will it be obviously not Hilb to be? He's in Europe. Like who realistically is left out there? That's not David injured. Ayers. Bean. And Bean, I hope your hand is up because you are the one that's going to be <laughs> you flying are over the chosen with the team. One. I wish. <laughs> I, I would gladly give up my beer league game tomorrow night to go and play and rally. Um, we actually had a question yeah. on that one. I think somebody uh, shouted out that you would have to lace up for this one. And I just yes. want to, yeah, it was uh, Mike. Can Bean make the trip to Carolina tomorrow to back up Shalgren? <laughs> <laughs> See, he's already like, thinking like us. <laughs> I'll hop in my car and drive. Um, it 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 is good to note that with Abe Kubel being picked up on way or being picked up from Washington, they have that contract spot available. So Dryden McKay has been playing very well for the Newfoundland Growlers. We signed him this summer to an AHL contract um, out of the NCAA. He was a Hobie Baker award winner, bright future ahead of him. He's on an AHL contract and Keith Petrozelli's on an AHL contract. Now with, the way waivers work, you do not have to put a player on waivers to enter the NHL if they're 
currently in your organization on an AHL contract and you sign them to an NHL contract. Oh, thank yes. Christ. So if we sign Petrozelli or McKay to an NHL contract and bring them up, they do not have to go on waivers to come up. But if I remember correctly, they would have to go on waivers to go back down. Okay. Interesting. So which one is more likely to be our uh, Bennington in the rough? <laughs> That's, um, I would say Pex. And I'm not saying temper wise. I'm saying, you know, <laughs> being pulled up from the minors in the 11th hour. And was he not the, the one who was giving up soft goals though in the, in the um, preseason games though? Like, come on. Preseason is a whole different animal. Petrozelli's uh, started mm. six games. He's got six wins for the Marlies. 2.31 goals against average and a 9.22 save percentage. Okay, that's good. AHL's tough to be a goalie. What about that guy on uh, uh, that was on a PTO for the Marlies, and he did come he did. to Leafs training camp? Dylan Ferguson, he's got four, four games played. He's at a 3.14 goals against average and 8.87 save percentage. Oh, not as okay. good. <laughs> no, but you know what? Like I hear, I hear all this, this talk, and it it makes me think of uh, makes me think of Romeo and Juliet a little bit in the sense they say, uh, "What's in a name that which we call an AHL goaltender by any other name would still smell like Justin Pogi?" All right, like why are we <laughs> why are we giving up? Just- like why are we the team that has to be doing signings for these bottom feeders? Start like like this. Why does why are the Leafs the team that gives everybody their their start? Like can we not have like good like because like an NHL caliber goaltender? <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? Um, it's like why are yeah. we why are we the team that has to give all these people their start? You know what I mean? Like why can't we just go out and it's isn't it just wild we can't go pick up a fucking goaltender? <laughs> Well, the cap is dumb, but I mean, didn't Montreal go through like a bajillion goaltenders last year too? Like they went all the way into their CHL people. Like, I mean, this happens, this happens to a team every year. The the Devils played like 15 or 20 different goaltenders last year. Yeah, I was going to say there was definitely a team that also went through a shit ton. So thank you for reminding me. Um, With that though, let's, let's get to the game. We're 20 minutes in. We haven't even talked about the game yet. All right, let's do it. (laughs) So, Leafs win. Yay. Boston sucks. Eat it. Steph, you have something you want to say. What do I want to say? I just want to say it feels good to beat Boston. I don't know. Really? Because you stack like their entire team on your fantasy roster. What? So. Well, my Mar. Well, I had to take Marshan, guys. You guys slept on him. So, and, uh, she McAvoy was eating her too. March Munch. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's supposed to be back until December. Uh, yeah. Well, it was a great birthday gift to me because that's when he was activated on the 27th. And he hasn't disappointed. Uh, four goals in four games, I believe, now. And he hasn't slowed down whatsoever. You can't even tell the guy's injured. No. Um, but the Leafs, let's start with the Leafs because this is a Leafs show. Come on, stuff. So <laughs> even though I completely led you into a Bruins <laughs> oh, thing. Yeah. there's no gaslighting here um (laughs) so leafs came out first five minutes on fire like absolutely finally against a good team not that they were bad in the first couple minutes against philadelphia because i thought the same but like they're finally starting on time boys gotta start on time and uh they did it and i i think everybody across the twitterverse was in agreement that uh hey first five minutes are good Maintain pressure, no sloppy turnovers, connecting with passes, 
everything looked good. And it was soon after that that they scored. So uh, good start, right? Yeah, uh, Lily actually with a scary giveaway in the first five minutes, which uh, Pasta almost had a good chance. And I thought Malgan was on the puck a lot too in the first period. He had three shots and uh, it's still showing he has three shots tonight. I swear I saw him shoot a couple more times. Maybe it didn't connect with the net, but I thought he was They hit the post so many times tonight. They showed there was, did you see the mark from JT's shot on the post? They zoomed in on it. It was like this just black streak in the crossbar. Man, Olmark yeah. got so lucky with the iron. He he needs to do the uh, like like Flurry does, where he turns around and like gives respect to the post. So like, thank you. He was so lucky when Matthews dumped it in and it hit off the camera hole of the glass and it popped oh right God. out and almost went into the net. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> you're so lucky. <laughs> so for anybody who missed that, Olmark. Uh, saw the puck going around the glass and he went behind the net to uh, where he thought it was going to go, but it skipped off the little camera hole in the glass and shot almost directly into the net, hit the post and kind of stopped in that little pocket of where the net starts there. Oh, that would have been an interesting way to start the the, uh, scoring. Yeah. Yeah. But the Leafs uh, did pretty well with the uh, four check in the ozone and, uh, you know, Brody just kicking it over to Mar- Matthews right on the doorstep. Easy tap in and great way to start the period after I thought I know I said in the discord, I thought it was a little slow and sloppy, but got to say that Marner pass off the back of the heel in the neutral zone for Matthews trying to break away up the ice. And then there was a few little giveaways that led to uh, rushes going the opposite way in their end. So I was like, but I think the Leafs learned along the way because the Bruins really made them pay for their mistakes. And they were like, Oh shit, can't do that again. Well, and on Matthew's first goal, what about that little kick from bunting behind the net? I don't even know. Was yeah. he credited with an assist for that because he kicked it? I don't think he touched it with a stick. Cause I know Marner got an assist. Did he get the other? Yeah. Okay. He did get the primary assists. Good. Yeah. So, uh, bunting kicks it from behind the net over to Matthews who just, instead of trying to tuck it in the hole on the ice, finds that little gap right above the pad under the glove and manages to sink one in past all marks. So that was a nice way to open it. Not what you usually see from Matthews. Uh, like him getting creative in front of the net. And yeah. it's like we mentioned last time with JT scoring a Matthews goal. JT's been firing so much from the top of the circle, which is, again, unlike him. So I'm glad they're kind of learning from each other and uh, and trying some stuff out, seeing what works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hits at the end of the first period, twenty-two to eleven for the Bruins. So they got pushed around a little, but nothing too intense tonight. Uh, I didn't see Simmer much. Didn't really notice him uh, at all tonight. But he only played about six minutes as well. Yeah, he had yeah, a decent shot in one hit, hitting people. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and when you have Trent Frederick on your team, that's kind of just. I gotta get that guy in fantasy for hits. I think. How many did he have? He only had two tonight. Uh, Greer had four. Zaka had five. Uh, oh DeBrusk wow! Had five as well. Pasternak had three. Uh, okay. Even okay. Mike Riley. Oh, they waved Mike Riley too to start the year, which was very surprising. But did they also wave Nick Foligno? Oh yeah. Yeah, but like the... nobody could claim them because of the money. It was kind of a. This Literally... is why the cap's stupid. 
clearly the new coach is working out, Jim Montgomery, Montgomery because Felino's racking up points this season, and uh, clearly everything is working for Boston. I mean, they're number one on the dot, PK, goals for, fifth goals against, 13 on the PP, so, you know. Yeah, just, um, was Marshawn's goal in the first period or the second? I don't remember. It was in the second. Second, okay. So we'll go to the second for this dumb. Okay, so Tavares, yeah. So this is when Tavares takes the slashing call, right? Mm-hmm. On Zaboro. That was a dumb call. I mean, like, why can't this guy just have a good night and ride it out for another couple games? Why do they have to start handing him out? He got two really bad penalties called on him tonight, and he hit the post a bunch of times. And that crossbar one, like, ugh, what a what an unlucky night for the captain after such a explosive four-point game against Philly. So what would you guys prefer if you're on the PK and then, like, what happens tonight? Brody gets the call on Marshan for tripping him while he's on the breakaway. Would you prefer the one penalty shot to take it or to play five-on-three for almost a full minute or two minutes? Penalty shot. I struggle between sorry uh, Roscoe I don't know if you guys saw it Um, Lundqvist and I can't even remember who else it was it might have been uh, Bissonette were going at it the other day talking about the analytics on a breakaway as opposed to a two-on-one okay and you have a statistically a much better chance of scoring on a a two-on-one than you do on a breakaway even though Everybody always wants a breakaway. Penalty shot's pretty much the same thing. And Mike Johnson broke it down a lot deeper in a, a, a little segment they did on SiriusXM, how you don't think about it, but with a penalty shot, even with shootouts now, like the amount of intense pressure on you there, it's completely different than a game. A game, everything's happening, it's flowing, it's all going at the same time. You don't think about it if you get a breakaway. Mm-hmm. comes to a penalty shot, then it's... It's all on you. Every single eye in that building is on you. The play is stopped. No one else is doing anything. Yeah. That's why I ask, because I think there's differing of opinions on this, right? And I know it was Marchand taking the shot, so it's even like, oh, shit, do you want him to come at you, or do you want the Bruins power play five on three for two minutes? He's more likely to fall on his ass and miss the puck anyway. <laughs> <laughs> which he did not but yes and uh, just skate right know. past it <laughs> roscoe what are you thinking you look a little conflicted there i think I he wants just, to sign henrik lundqvist in, that's what he's thinking <laughs> he's like <laughs> i'm i'm not fighting between um the penalty shot versus the five on three i'm struggling between just letting marshawn kind of finish that instead of tying him up and letting him take the shot and hoping samsonov makes the save there in the moment but like with what bean said it's a a lot more pressure when you're in the penalty shot than when you get a break during the game so i mean it's it's such a gamble because it is marshawn he's not somebody that cracks under pressure he's played in you know international tournaments and things it's not new to him playing in toronto taking a penalty shot. So eh, I don't know. It's hard because you're, you're putting the same pressure on your goalie in that position, right? Like the same pressure that's on the the player where all the eyes are on you. You know, the entire stadium is putting the pressure on the goalie instead of any defense that are in the way. So mm-hmm. I think it's, it's hard to make that decision to let somebody go if you're the defender, but I don't know, tr- diving and tripping him. You, you kind of, 
you know you're going to get one of two evils there, right? So he he's the hockey player, not me. He made the conscious decision to take one of those two, whether it was a penalty or a penalty shot. So, Well, we all know he lets in one soft one, and this one, he was deked on the first blink at yeah. him, it seemed. Like, all Marshan had to do was look at him, and he fucking fell on his ass backwards and pulled his knee, so... Oh, poor guy, poor guy. But uh, <sighs> Beaner sending us a <laughs> something in the chat I think is really funny. I was saying with how Sammy played that penalty shot, he needs this, which is a book, Hockey Tips for the Goaltender by Jack Blunt. <laughs> Do we Sorry, think that's actually share. how he hurt himself, though? Oh, yeah. It didn't look I... good. If it comes out that it's the left knees, and that's got to be it. The way he fe- like fell he, back, he, right? he turned himself into a pretzel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh. Just PTSD from like my grade six skiing trip. I swear to God, that's what happened to me. And then I was out for like six months. Like, oh no, just your knee bending backwards and all your weight falling back with your knee tra- tied up. Oh, that hurts like hell. Oh, Murray can't get healthy soon enough. Oh, boy. Oh, so yeah. Starting the third period was Eric Schalgren and everybody went, huh? I'm sorry. What would have been? I mean, I don't. You know what? I'm not going to say it. I don't wish injury on anybody, but Marshawn leaving after that and coming back to the bench. I was like, damn, if we're going to lose somebody, you guys need to lose the guy in the play, too. Well, (laughs) I'm glad we went into the third up two to one. And obviously the whole third period, I was like, oh no, oh no, don't tie it up, please. But hey, Toronto was able to score on the power play in the second period again. Matthews from Nylander going around that post and feeding him right in front. Beauty. Oh yeah, Willie just dancing. and He was really good at kind of slowing things down by circling the zone, which is something that I'm always... I saw Marner do a lot last year, and there's sometimes where I'm just like, what are you doing? There's things going on. But what I noticed is it was when everything started getting clogged up, Willie would just like, nope, there's no pass. I'm just going to skate around and hold possession. Nobody can take it from me. I'm faster than you. And Mm -hmm. um, he did just that and skated all the way around, drew Lindholm out of position. Matthews stepped into his spot, and uh, he took the pass clean right in front of that there, wide open. Everybody on Twitter saying that that pass was so clean that like anybody could have scored that goal like justin hall could have put that in <laughs> whoa whoa yeah. whoa whoa well, yeah, come on come on now. Well. i could have put that in <laughs> that's a little more reasonable so can we all agree that matthews is finally back scoring two tonight and you know marner with two points tonight has 13 points on the year we've turned a new page in november and we're collecting dubs right now I mean, Matthews played his best defensive game. I said that on Twitter. He was breaking up a lot of plays. He saved one from going in near the end. Um, also, Geo made two huge shot blocks at the end there, even without a stick. Also, without a stick, he did you see when he? I think he dropped it behind the net and went after like two guys while he didn't have it instead of going to pick it up, just like <laughs> staying in the play. I love Do you, you see when Hall was bullying? Uh, but bullying yeah, I, I do agree that they're back. Like, I don't know why that wasn't called. Yeah. A lot of things. Oh, Taylor Hall. Yeah. I was like, when you, oh, yeah. 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 Taylor Hall's becoming such a Boston Bruin eh, since he's been there. Oh, it's a perfect fit. 
Like, the only person who has played for that team in the past 10, maybe 15 years, who, in my opinion, has any shred of being a decent human being, is Bergeron. Yeah, and honestly, especially with the comments he made, which I don't really feel like getting into right now, that whole situation, but... What we'll he have said to about, later. Yeah, what he said about uh, the Bruins' signing decision was um, commendable, to say the least. Um, just a yeah. heads up, apparently Keith confirms that it was the penalty shot where he messed his knee up. Uh, yeah. Smiles. Get rid of the penalty shot, smiles, that's it, all right? You, you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. I hate this so much. Okay, so um, Leafs managed to hold on to the third there with some wackiness going on. Uh, don't manage to get the empty netter, which is wah, wah, but hanging on two to one against the Bruins is always nice. And like I said, defensive game was on point. And to bring it back to your point, Steph, um, yeah, I think everybody in the top four is improving immensely from the first couple of games. They're starting to wake up. JT has continued since game one to be fantastic. I think Willie's only had one or two bad games, mm-hmm. uh, but Marner and Matthews are starting to click on both ends. I think their defensive play was a little lacking and that kind of, it's hard to turn things around when you don't, let me start that over. They're really good at starting their offense from their own end. Um, when they turn like Marner is really good at pickpocketing people and creating a chance from turning the play around the other way. And I think their defensive play has been lacking and so much of their offense comes from starting there that, you know, it goes hand in hand. So now that they've improved on the back end, I think they're starting to improve on the front end too. And the Leafs had to battle in the third period against two power plays and they were also on two power plays. So you had the perfection line reunited, attacking them at the end there. And um, I got to applaud Shalgren for holding it together. I mean, he only saved seven tonight. It seemed like a lot more, especially with the power play opportunities, but he held his own and finally got the W at the end of the day. First yeah, Leafs, the held, Leafs held Boston to no shots on one of those power plays. Also, Shalgren didn't get the W on that one. Samsonov did. Uh, so, okay. Well, poor guy. Yeah, poor guy. Thankful for I just my want this guy team. to get a win. <laughs> just wanted me to get a win finally. I know, but... I know. Um, yeah, we should do Who are the three good. stars tonight. Yeah, actually, you're right. Fuck Let's the three stars. Let's good. do our own. Who was pretty good tonight? All right. It's been a while. Who was pretty good tonight? Darty, let's start with you. I feel like, uh, I want to give... Like a shout out to uh, Mitch Marner. I know he's obviously the second star, but uh, you know he hasn't been scoring at some you know phenomenal pace as of late. But uh, you know an assist is, a, is an assist, right? There's a reason that we we you know we mark it on uh, mm. on the stat sheet, right? It's important. Two apples. It's valuable. Exactly two apples, and I don't think they were they were primary assists, right, or whatever they refer to them as. No. Like they're both like yeah, he both he. You know, sometimes that you just graze the puck and it counts an assist. But the, the point is being there, right? Being involved in the play. And, uh, you know, we've been shitting on Marner a lot as of late. So I just said I've particip- participated in that. And I just want to give a shout out to him, right? Yeah, he earned his uh, earned his second star tonight. Um, I was going to say another name, but I'll, I'll see who you guys go with. And then maybe I'll shout out one, one other person. But uh, okay. it, it still feels weird saying Mitch Marner just because, like, 
you know, he's a star on this team. <laughs> he's a star in this league. But I said, considering, you know, where the where the dust settled uh, a couple weeks ago, it's nice mm-hmm. to know that it's not all uh, it's not all hell and brimstone. And uh, we're, yeah. we're able to come back to re- real life Mitch Marner. Yeah. All right, Steph, what about you? I'm going to stick with Schalgren, uh, just keeping us in the game the whole third period. I mean, this could have went sideways really, really quickly, especially with the back-to-back Bruins power plays. So I will keep Schalgren, Prince Schalgren, as my pretty good pick. Okay, I can't really argue that one. I mean, the fact that the Leafs were able to hold the Bruins off when it's like, it's hard to come into a game uh, as a cold goaltender, especially against a hot team, when you're trying to defend a one-goal lead, like, come on. Good mm-hmm. for him. Vayner, yeah. what do you think? Timothy Lidstrom Lilligren. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Lilypad coming back and just showing why we were right to be excited about him coming back. And that, you know, yes, the loss of Muzzin is, is huge, but we don't necessarily need to completely and entirely sell all of our trade chips to replace Muzzin because we have guys who we have been drafting and developing that we can promote from within that everybody says the Leafs are no good at the Leafs are no good at, but that's because they're too lazy to actually look at stats. Yeah. I love the pick and I kind of knew you were going to pick Lily. Uh, (laughs) Mine (laughs) is Marky Mark Giordano because uh, after last game where he, just defended Matthews and jumped on uh, Konechny. And now tonight, he's just blocking shots. It's like Muzzin went down and he was he just went, okay, well, I guess I'm doing both our jobs now. And uh, <laughs> he's handled it no problem. He's been throwing the body around. Like I said, he lost his stick and was just still in the play, keeping people off the puck. Like, he's been fantastic. And he's 39. So, <laughs> yes. Uh, I just want to give a quick shout out here and uh, a, f- a free plug for the guy. If you don't follow, definitely give a follow to Flo Jurgison at Joey Ferg on Twitter. He makes a whole bunch of um, unique stuff. Like you can get t-shirts, hats. I'm actually wearing one of his hats right now. Nice. Um, commemorating Austin's 60th goal from last year. He made the, the beautiful poppy super mario shirt that i was wearing a couple months back like the guy makes some really cool stuff especially if you're a leaf fan and after the philly game he made one it's basically you know the godfather logo yeah from the movie it's basically that but with giordano's head oh my god and instead of godfather it says giordano it's just like it's just perfect and you saying that just reminded me of that so shout out to uh, at joey ferg you make some great shit you heard it. Darty, did we nail one of your picks or you still want to shout someone out? Oh, I still, I just want to shout out uh, uh, William Nylander, who has gotten an assist in the past four games now. So, so the guy's just like, he's bobbing for apples. You know, I know, again, we shit on Marner. We kind of shit on Nylander less because his contract just gets better and better as long as he continues to play at this level. And so again, like, I don't want to keep shouting out the stars because like, oh, who's playing pretty good? But hey, I think Nylander's playing pretty good. So, Yeah, tied for second on the team in power play time with Tavares. Uh, I think Nylander is doing excellent this season, especially that second line JT-Nylander combo, which we've picked on so much the last couple of years to, you know, not find that chemistry. So I'm 
so glad they're finally clicking. Me too, because it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, we've got a one-two punch. And it's like, do we? Because it's usually a one punch. And then if it's not the one punch, it's the other punch. So it's nice to see it really starting to come together finally. Now that JT's fully healthy, the, the kids are a year older. They're another year older. Like it's, it's yeah. coming together. And if there's any game to experience what it's like to play against a one-two punch, it was tonight because they split up that perfection line. If you didn't have Martian and company coming at you, you had the Pasternak line coming at you. So this was a great game for the Leafs to really measure like what they can do and to kind of ignore what's happened in the last 10 games because it's there. They have the skill. They just need to bring it every single night. Agreed. Anybody have a point they want to add in here before we go to questions? Nope. No. <laughs> no. So well, maybe that uh, the cross check to the face that Clifton did on Bunting is pretty much the identical play to what Matthews got suspended for last year. Oh that's yeah, a that's a good one. Um, that is a question, but uh, whose is it? Is that one from Twitter or is it from Discord? Twitter. Just... Twitter. Uh, here. Yeah. Matthew can asks, uh, how many games does Clifton get for his cross check to Bunting's face? How much longer are the NHL refs going to let Brad Marchand let them look dumb with his flopping? Do the refs even <laughs> care? At what point do we assume Brad is sharing his blow with them to buy them off? <laughs> this is why it's Leafs Light Night, because we don't censor questions like that. Have um, you seen that nose? There's no way he's sharing his blow. <laughs> unless it just falls out on its own <laughs> oh lordy lordy so um how many games i don't think it gets a look if anything it might be one i don't think we see anything from it because a bunting didn't get hurt when it didn't draw blood so i think that's it i don't think we see anything darlene didn't get hurt and didn't draw blood two yeah. games there for matthews when that happened so because the Leafs won tonight, I, I agree with you, Roscoe. I don't think there's going to be an outcome. <laughs> and this is my tinfoil hat speaking right now. But if it was the other way, like, I don't know. It's like, I really... I'm going off what I've seen from the Department of Player Safety this year. So we saw mm -hmm. there was the Kuznetsov two-handed slash to the face that was only one game because there was no injury. There was violent intent oh, yeah. there. It was obvious, and that was one game. Then we saw another one that was less violent. I'm forgetting off the top of my head who it was. But we saw one that was accidental, but it caused an injury, and it was two games. And everyone's like, what the hell? So mm -hmm. clearly what they're saying is intent is one and if it injures them it's another game so here i don't think we had either as far as the department of player safety is concerned i don't think there's going to be anything johnny do i agree with it plus yeah. if you're wearing this if you're wearing this you get an extra two possibly <laughs> there's always a chance. high sticking right. history pointing to in this as the le the leaf on his chest so in summary we have intent and we have a history so, for that reason, the you Department the of Player goodbye. Safety. <laughs> now, if you've ever watched those videos, it's so funny how they, they break things down. It's so monotone at the end. They're like, to summarize. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're, we only really have enough time to do questions. Um, 
look, the Mitchell Miller thing's everywhere. I think everyone has talked to each other on Twitter or their friend groups or their hockey groups about it. Everybody on the news has talked about it. Um, you can assume what all of our takes are on this, right? Like, I don't understand this. The team's in first place. They didn't need a defenseman. Uh, why invite the PR nightmare? I don't understand. Batman said that nobody checked with him and he doesn't clear this. So, Darty. Okay, so this this is so hilarious. This just drives me nuts. Okay, so besides the Mitchell, like throw Mitchell Miller completely out of this, throw talking about second chances, yada, yada, yada. Fuck that noise. Who the fuck signed this guy? All right, because it's, everybody's looking around at each other like it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Even like <laughs> like <laughs> it just doesn't like like even the guy who signed him doesn't even seem to know if he signed him or not or like why he signed him. He's just like, oh, you know, someone handed me some paperwork and I just you know put my name next to it. Like 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 someone's got to own up. Someone's got to eat this L. All right. Like I wonder, do you think that they were they thought that this was a Mayu situation and that's why they did it? Did someone not do their homework because? This is, I don't understand, right? Like, I get, I again, knowing how this league is, I kind of understand why the signing happened, but I don't understand why the signing happened. You know what I mean? Like, I would have expected some, I would, honestly, there's got to be a dumber team in this league to have done that. Like, it just doesn't make, like, doesn't, like, just thinking about, like, Boston was on a, te- like, a, what, a 10 game tear? <laughs> like it just it just all sorts of nonsense here all right and bean you want to go go on with that the worst part about it is i know that darty's right because why in the world not, like signing him aside why would you give him max performance bonuses and max ahl contract like max dollars on an ahl deal if he's down there unless other teams were wanting to sign him and why do it before you're going into a hockey hotbed like Toronto rather than waiting until you're playing the Coyotes or some shit like that? Like, this is just complete and utter, like, just ridiculously baffling. And everybody tries to come out like it's not their fault. Like, the GM himself, Don Sweeney, said that it basically, with his comments, it basically made it sound like he felt his hands were tied. Did Cam Neely come in there and knuckle him up and tell him he had to sign this guy? Like, it, it, it does not make sense, and it's not, before anybody says anything, it's not cancel culture. Cancel culture is when you teased a kid or made fun of a kid, and you're being reprimanded for it. The stuff that this piece of shit did is unforgivable. Not to mention the fact that he hasn't really apologized. He reached out on Instagram. Like, that's horseshit. A week shit. ago. A week ago. Yeah. Like this, and I, this, this, this isn't talking about him getting a job as an accountant somewhere. This is him getting a job as a role model where millions of people are going to see him and where exactly. children are going to look up to him. Yes, he does deserve to have this part of his life ruined because of the trauma he caused. That's it. Yeah, and there's you made a good point about like this isn't cancel culture. Cancel culture is when somebody loses like the career that you know like for acting it's one thing because if you never if you get canceled as an actor they don't really if they've been doing that their whole life they don't have training or or an education in anything else most of the time like a lot of them don't have things to fall back on and they're so public that you know they can't go into another job if you're a (laughs) hockey player go to the khl 
Go somewhere else where you can disappear, play in the background, spend a couple years building up the receipts that you're working on yourself and come back. I do not understand why this guy deserves a shot in the NHL when there are tons of other kids that have worked their asses off to get here that haven't done heinous things to other people in the process. And yes, I know like the whole, I I was going to say, I know that hockey players are known to, as we've been bringing to light, uh, a lot of them are guilty of things through junior that are not great. But the whole point is that we're trying to better that. Like we're not, we're seeking out these players and trying to solve these problems, not handing new contracts to players whose issues we already know about. Like that's the thing that bothers me is like everything is out there in the open. Everyone knows about this and they're handing him a new contract. It's not, you know, where we're waiting to find out who the names of something, some other investigation are so we can deal with that. Like, <sighs> darty. I just feel like it just, there should be, if, if we really care about second chances here, all right, like, and maybe this is too much of a, a tangent, but just thinking off the top of my head, like say, like I, I don't want to compare apples to oranges, but say some guy goes out and, and, does you know drives drunk and gets caught and maybe even like causes harm or whatever not necessarily something that kills anybody but they got caught driving drunk right there's fucking classes for that like you can't you can't escape that sort of thing right like you got to fucking do you got to show and prove like the, the amount of the amount of hoops you got to jump through just to get through a drinking and driving charge you know to get your life back to normal this kid didn't do didn't do hasn't done shit. He hasn't owned up to shit. There was no classes. There was no volunteer work. There was no reparations. There was no sitting down and talking this out with the you know he was fourteen. All right, they could they could have done something then. We've all if anybody like Steph, the fanalist here, did her due diligence to read out all the paperwork to us to see what happened in the situation. All right, we're not judge, jury, whatever, but we all read it and it's very clear this kid did not you know has he cannot own, had he did not own up to what happened. All right, he didn't say you know what I fucked up. You know, he didn't try to better himself, didn't try to do nothing, all right? He just tried to throw it under the rug, all right? As I saying, comparing apples to oranges, but someone who does, you know, goes out and commits like a crime like drinking and driving or whatever, they got to go through classes. They got to do shit to prove that, hey, I'm not an absolute fuck up. I, I, I am a good upstanding citizen and I can, you know, I, I can be redeemed, right? And if you mm-hmm. show that you can do, you can go through this, that there's a chance that you can get head back into society normally without people not bothering you. So this guy hasn't done shit. This guy hasn't done anything, all right? And on top of that, what he did do was last week <laughs> on Instagram, <laughs> all right? He bullied this kid, not, and not just once. He bullied him several, several times and did some horrible shit, said some really ludicrous words. Like, we're talking about cancel culture here. Yeah, Jordan Bennington said some stupid shit on Twitter 10 years ago. This kid literally made another kid's life miserable for 10 years. <laughs> That's the difference between cancel culture and being a piece of shit, all right? He, he took candy, rubbed it in a used urinal, and forced the kid to eat it. The kid had to get, like, HIV and STD testing after that. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's, that's just, that, like, that, 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 one that's thing. Not, that's not typical eighth grade teasing. That's not, you know, Roscoe calling me fat because I like food. Like, that is premeditated and just pure evil. Yeah, and that's, as somebody, just to get real, as somebody that, you know, experienced being bullied, like, for something to get to a point where you're going into juvenile court and bringing police in, like, you know that that's the, that was the the tipping point, right? Like, there's day in and day out torture this kid must have been enduring, and then, like, finally, whether, I mean, really, it was a medical emergency that forced the hand of the police here, like, 
was the fact that it came out in, in you know medical documents like yeah what happened oh this why okay the police are getting involved now everything else that happens at school like you know he did this he said this there's not much that teachers or principal can do about that so it's like you can only imagine what the hell this kid went through and on top of that there's a yeah. racial element to all of this that does not make this any fucking better all right it's not just exactly. it's not just bullying because it's like a bunch of bunch of you know generic kids generically colored kids bullying each other just you know giving each other swirlies or something no he, he was literally picking on this kid because one he had uh um fetal uh, symptoms of fetal alcohol syndrome all right that's what the mother said so he obviously he already had um uh, a visual developmental like actual, uh, developmental but also it is a physical like you could see it right you could you could look at someone and say that person has fetal alcohol syndrome so it's, it's not he picks somebody out of the crowd that already looked like they had some sort of disadvantage in life all right so he's picking on someone not his own size he's picking on someone who is having you know has a little bit harder time in in, in society and on top of that they're black all right. So he's picking on <laughs> he's picking on a minority with a disability and making him eat like garbage out of the fucking toilet. <laughs> like I said, like if it was just if it was just me, if, I, if I, I'm kind of a prick, right? If I was just, you know, in high school, 14 years old and I decided to shove Roscoe into a lock, rock, locker every day because I'm an asshole. You know what? I feel like there's a chance of being redeemed because it's like, you know, they say, oh, Darty, he's kind of just he's, he's just full of testosterone. He's just a prick. All right. But. If I had to go back and repeat what I just said about what he did, there are so many elements to this that are so wrong. All right. <laughs> it's just, as I said, it's not just common schoolyard bullying. This is like, I said, it's, it's very, it's, it's very like insidious. Right. And that's why like, it's leaving a, <laughs> it's a, you know, terrible pun, but it's leaving a fucking bad taste in our mouths right now. And everybody, like everybody feels sick to their stomach thinking about this. All right. So like, if you're wondering, oh, yeah. cancel culture versus not cancel yeah. culture. No, this is, this is very legitimate. Like there's a, this, <laughs> there's a reason why we all feel fucking terrible about this. All right. And anybody who, who thought this was a good idea should have feel terrible now about this. Yeah. And just one sec. Sorry, Steph. Just to no, no. add on to your thing about the the drinking and driving comparison, a more closer thing is like if you're involved in any kind of assault situation, like there's class, like you have to go through anger management and things before you're, you know, cleared to come back out into society and shit. Like, oh my god, a spider just dropped down from the ceiling while I was saying that. Holy Ooh. shit, that scared me. Ooh. Um, is but, this Australia? Hey, bad opens. Bad opens for all this. All right. Bad Look mojo. At this thing. Yo, it's it's actually crawling. <laughs> Ew. That was wild. Um, but that is not a yeah, good sign. Point, all right, like, there you go. Things that you, have to, <laughs> you, have to, you have to do things in any sort of. You have to go through classes in any sort of situation like that. So sorry, guys. I'm staring at a spider now, making sure it doesn't land on my fucking head. That land, it literally I, dropped down like a oh, foot from me. All I want to say is that Mitchell Miller has already had a second chance. Right after the incident happened, for years leading up to way before the NHL contract was presented. This kid has a history of bullying um, Isaiah since grade one. It is so sad to the point where um, I think everyone should know that Isaiah's parents are white. This kid is black. So he used to go home from school and ask his parents what an N-word is because these kids oh, used to call him Jesus. that every day. Then they would punch him on the bus. Like they would do, they would have reported this kid 
time and time again to the principal, but nothing happened. And then finally, when something happened that required medical attention and was caught on CCTV, that's when things unfolded. And you know what the response was from his parents? Do you know how good of a hockey player he is? Something as stupid could ruin his career. Where's your proof? This is your word against ours, blah, blah, blah. Guess what? There was CCTV evidence. So like there was no coming out of it. And there and years after the kid was charged, he was criminally charged for this. He's fucking actions, which is good. But he went up to Isaiah and taunted him, got got into his face until someone from the school had to break it up. Like I, Mitchell Miller is only upset that he got caught. He comes from a privileged, clearly asshole family, and it's the same kind of attitude that you're carrying into the Bruins organization. And he even said in his Instagram apology that this is not hockey related, by the way. Um, okay, <laughs> so I the guess level. we're going to see. Right. Oh, man. Like, all I'm saying is that he's already had his second chance and he clearly doesn't care. No, no. There's no evidence of caring. There's no evidence of rep- or, or reconciliation. Nothing. It's And uh, you look at his stats, guys. USHL, four years. The first year, two games. The second year, 48 games, uh, 16 points. Third, or third year, 44 games, 33 points. The final year, 60 games, 75 or uh, 83 points. Like, is it really significant to, like, pick this guy out after the Coyotes dumped him? Like, they're the ones who said no. Like, shouldn't that be a sign as well? <laughs> Go ahead, Darty. And it's just like, it's just like if we're going to compare bad apples to oranges here, um, the level of privilege that is exuding from the comments of the parents to himself, especially at the time and now, is very reminiscent of that, uh, that, that piece of shit that uh, did that terrible thing behind the dumpster with that girl. Uh, I think his name was Brock or something. Mm, Remember his, his dad came in and was saying it was on, on on hockey related, but very sports related, you know, machismo related. Right. Cause I think he was a championship swimmer, swimmer. but the same thing too. Right. His family was like, his dad's like, Oh, you know, she wanted it or some stuff like, like, like he's an athlete and uh, you know, the, like just yep. the kind of it's like going to ruin like his career. The, 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 yeah, the comments like that, right? Again, I just to preface to, to you know, just to add to all anybody who's listening here, if I say anything off kilter or anything, just you know, the main point of what I'm trying to say is that there's a lot of like a lot of privilege, a lot of um, disgustingness, a lot of just you know, if we get, I said comparing bad apples to oranges, right? Like this, like I said, it's not the same as Bennington writing tweets ten, 10 years ago, you know, that said some weird stuff that shouldn't be repeated. And uh, said, that's that, mm-hmm. that I think that's can't, that's more cancel culture than anything. Right. You know, cause we're talking about, Oh, this kid, this kid was only 14. Yeah. But like, you know, this kid was doing some horrible, horrible shit. It's, I said, it's not like me throwing Roscoe in a locker every day, all right? <laughs> Which didn't actually happen, but I'm just saying, like, you know, <laughs> this is like, and this is something that's like it's so it's so beyond words, right? It just said it just leaves a ba- an awful taste in all of our mouths just thinking about, right? Well, and it's one thing to say it happened when he was 14, if he's 55, but what is he? 20, 19? Mm-hmm. Like it's not like it was that long ago. Like, yeah, <laughs> we all remember five six years ago even though it feels like an eternity but like we were all there the the cherry on top too sweeney straight up said not sure if he'd be able to forgive miller if this happened to his own kid and that's a good thing to run your hockey team on right as long as it doesn't happen to my family i don't care but if it did i'd be you know (sighs) okay let's go to questions as much as i 
as much as I love talking about this, the everything has been, you know, it's on everything. Everyone has their opinion on it. Um, Yeah. We just need to make it. I mean, you knew what ours was going to be, but it's out there now. Um, Next question comes from uh, Lucas Hainsworth. And this one is special. That's up. Oh, it's not going to fucking work on here. Are you kidding me? Um, I'm going to pull it up from my phone because we have to play this one. So he sent in a voice one and I put it on our thingy, but it doesn't work sometimes as we found out. So here it is. Good day, fellas and lady, if you're attending. So with Matt Murray and Sammy injured, we only just got one extra contract back. Who are we trading for or what are we going to do with goalie situation? Because it is not looking good. So, Garrett Sparks. did you guys hear that okay? <laughs> <laughs> I honestly think Keith Petrozelli comes up. Uh, this year, he's 6-0 and on the season with a 9.22 save percentage. Uh, stats clearly better than his partner, uh, Dylan Ferguson, there. And he has a little bit more experience. So I think he's the next guy up because Dryden McKay is in the ECHL. Yeah. Which... So, uh, sorry, Johnny. Um, oh, go ahead. Aside from signing Petrozelli to an NHL deal, you could try to see if you could get Hill to be over from Sweden because um, he actually is on an NHL contract, an entry-level contract. But yep. I I can't seem to – I couldn't find anything quick here because Sammy just got injured and we still don't know the extent of it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure of the rules or the agreements between the Swedish league that he's in and the NHL. Like I know the NHL and the KHL have agreements that you can't just pull a player midseason type thing. Um so that would require a little more digging, but uh, do we do we maybe try and package Nikki Bobby to Arizona and get Vimalka? I'm thinking too. Maybe they signed him this summer in this type of scenario for worse comes to worse. Like, why would they give him the entry level and then send him back to Sweden, sort of thing? Like, maybe they do have that power to pull him when they feel because it works with that league. I don't know. I'm just kind of speculating, mm-hmm. but you never know. Especially right after the draft, off. right? Like, they signed him yeah. right after the fucking draft. Vimalka's played great against the Leafs every time he's played us, and he's he's actually proven to be a fairly decent goalie on a pretty bad team. Mm-hmm. Yes, Vesmelka. Actually, Joshua Osamo <laughs> tweeted about him the other day and uh, pretty much saying that his poor guy, like he would excel on a, you know, a playoff team. Just get this man out of Arizona. But yeah, I totally agree. I think he would be a great Leaf. And that kind of leads us into uh, Easy Lifeguard 79, a.k.a. the Jack Campbell superfan, um, asks, are you looking forward to the Shalgren-Petrozelli tandem in Carolina tomorrow? Um, (laughs) I'm looking forward to it is a bit of a stretch, but I'm not as worried about it just because of how the Leafs have played defensively and offensively if they were playing like shit going into it i'd be like this is gonna suck (laughs) but i mean shalgren played well and uh he'll probably end up starting because he only played the one period uh worst case he gets lit up in a period by carolina and we see petrozelli play best case stays in the whole game lets in three tops the worst case is that he pulls his groin and we're out another goaltender (laughs) 
Interesting. Just don't even go there. I'm really looking forward to seeing the lineup changes for tomorrow. I think Petrozelli is a lock behind Shalgren, but I think Simmer comes out and we see Nikki Bobby come in for that roster speed because Eric Arizona is or Arizona. What the hell am I saying? Carolina. It's so irrelevant. Carolina. They don't even get to have a real name anymore. Right. Arizona. They are a speedy team, and I really think this is the time to get Nick Robertson into the lineup, uh, send Simmer down, and just do a little switcheroo there and maybe put Kerfoot on the third line. I like it. I like 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 the Raiders. He doesn't really have a I always like when Nick Bobby comes up. Um, the other question from Lucas Hansworth, will you marry me? Yeah, of course. Can we get that underwater hotel? Um, <laughs> oh, breaking news. Is this the... Breaking news. What? Um, the, and for anybody who cares about baseball, the Astros are the world series champions. All right. So cheaters oh. do prosper. <laughs> wow. That was tonight. That's how that out of the tonight, loop I am. About seven minutes ago. I think. What was the score? Four one. What was the score? Ooh, low scoring. What was the final series uh, score? Uh, four to two. Wow! Mm. Congratulations to the Astros. Coolio. I know nothing about them, but hey. Um, Benito the Basset Hound at my underscore Hunter. Oh, Mike Hunter. <laughs> uh, you were saying that wanna... like, it's going to be inappropriate, like Icy Wiener or something. That's uh, one of my friend's drag king names, uh, Mike Hunt. Mike Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, I just want to show my appreciation for William Nylander. Hey, you can do that here. We all like to show our appreciation for William Nylander. Yeah. Yeah, who here shows appreciation um, for William Nylander? Hmm. So last last two I got here are bigger ones. I think those are the last two. Yeah. So um, we'll start with Mikey D here. After tonight's heart and soul performance, what are the expectations for tomorrow? Who wants to start this one off? Expectations for tomorrow. Going into Carolina. Carolina. The Brindamore boys. Like they're a sneaky good team, right? So um, I would not since we're since our goaltending now is in question. All right, since not everybody like I wanted, I wanted a Shalgren Wall tandem before the season started, just because like I'm a glutton for punishment. <laughs> so I'm not actually surprised. This is like oh, kind of what I was looking forward to because I like Shalgren. All right, I know everybody's been shitting on him because he hasn't been playing the greatest, nor has the team been playing the greatest in front of him when he has played. But um, I think this is a perfect test to see where we are without I said like I didn't expect Samsonov and Murray to be our guys when I made those comments about Shalgren and Wall, right? So I really do want to see Shalgren come out of his shell and if he's actually capable of being an NHL goaltender. And at the because again, more looks the better, right? And then at the same time at the same time, um this Petrozelli kid, right? Like who knows? Who knows what happens? So if he happens to come out there too, we're gonna need to see we're gonna need to see if he's got a good look as well, right? So I don't know what uh, Keith is gonna do mm-hmm. if he's gonna play Shalgren again. But if it's Petrozelli out there, like hell, we're we're gonna need him right now because it's what? Uh, Murray is still kind of questionable. I have heard heard some things about Murray possibly coming back sooner rather than later. But Samsonov with that knee, right? Like, again, like 
fuck, man, like we, we, we really need people to step up in that goaltending position. So. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow I expect it to be a really fast paced game. Uh, maybe meet Freddie Anderson in net and the newly acquired Brent Burns and this power play unit that should be very hot. Uh, Natchez is on a fire right now. Nine points in the last five games. He is a fantasy commodity as well. If anyone uh, still has them on the wire, I got there. him. Yeah, but uh, you know, Carolina's looking good everywhere except for the power play, 26 overall. Um, very surprising, but they won the last four straight. So Toronto and Carolina is looking for their next uh, win in a row. Uh, yeah, like you said, I think it's going to be a fast game. Um, Tara Vinan's due for a good night. He, I don't think he's even scored yet. Uh, if he has one, maybe. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm expecting a lot from them. I think the Leafs are in a good spot, though. I think everybody's clicking. Hopefully the uh, the back-to-back doesn't tire them out too much. But, I mean, it hasn't really been an issue for them in the past. And I hope it's not because they got another one of these next weekend. Fun fact, Andre Cache has only played one game for them. He's been on IR ever since. Yeah. And Tara Vinen has not scored yet this season. He only has five assists. And playing on that top line, he got bumped off PP1. So, yeah. Zoinks. Zoinks. Okay, and now that everybody's here, we can talk about this. Beaner, I'm gonna let you start this one because I feel like I feel like it'd be a good one to kick this question off. This one is from uh, our boy Run It Back, TML Fan and Van asks, "Why didn't Austin fight Konechny?" <laughs> because he doesn't need good to. Good question. Like it's it, it, I, I back. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's his entire give response. Her, give her give okay, appropriate one, answer. One of Darty's heroes, Mike Rupp, posted a video about this. So, yes, Rupper scored the game-winning goal to win a Stanley Cup in what was it, two thousand and three, for the Devils. And he called Jody Shelley irrelevant that one time. But he also played <laughs> on the Danbury Thrashers, like. Yes, he made. Wait, did Rupper play on the Danbury Trashers? Yeah. Trashers. Yo, I forgot about that. (laughs) I would have. I oh, I gotta watch that talk again. So he he makes this video saying it's a bad look. Why is it a bad look? I would rather Matthew skate around and smile, basically saying, "Yeah, okay, what are you gonna do? You can't touch me." Then go and lick someone's face like Rat Marchand, like. He is out there to score. Look at McDavid. McDavid had two fights in the OHL. You know what? how one of them ended? When he went to throw a punch, missed, punched the boards, and broke his wrist. (laughs) you, You don't want him fighting. As much as I love Wendell Clark, Wendell Clark is probably my all time favorite Leaf. That's a different era, completely different era. And like Marty pointed out, he didn't score probably near as many goals as he could have because he was always injured because he always had guys beating the living shit out of him. Well, what was like, his nickname again, uh, Beaner? Captain Crunch. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you, you, you just, I, I don't see how people are going off about it. And the funnier part is the people that are getting all the attention are the negative ones. Like their TSN is showing. Like Sirius XM, they did an interview with Rick Tockett. Stanley Cup champion, like legendary player, still and then like still works in and around the NHL. 
he laughed at the thought of Matthews having to fight on that. Like, because he even said, that's not why he's there. Like, Konechny's going to get mad. So be it. Get mad. Matt, you're mad because Matthews tried to score between the legs, and you think that's disrespectful? <laughs> okay. If Matthews really wanted to, he could pound your head into the ice, and you'd look like Negan just took a baseball bat to your face. Like, <laughs> give it a break. <sighs> the guy's there to score. End of discussion. Everybody says that, you know, oh, the, the team doesn't stick up for each other. They just stand there and let this happen and this happen. And then when they stick up for each other, everybody complains about it, saying that Matthews should have done it. But Patrick Kane didn't have to in that game. Mm-hmm. Like, sorry, rant over. No. <laughs> Lucille. Go off, Bean. Go off. Spill the beans. Spill the beans. <laughs> yes. Really boils my beans. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Darty. Well, actually, I was going to hand this off to Steph and Roscoe before I had a point. So you guys want to, because I'm going to rant too quickly. Do you guys have anything uh, you want to add? My only thing is uh, there's only two people in the league that Austin Matthews can fight. And I would be like, yeah. And that's Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid. Uh, (laughs) If for some reason that happened, yeah, fight them. Uh, Otherwise, there is nobody in this league that, it deserves that your time of day to fight them and that's about <laughs> it and i and i think leon and connor can say who the fuck are you austin i'm not fighting you so in that case looks like austin's never fighting anybody and i'm cool <laughs> with that because his hands are for other things like winning rockets that's a good point hey, dry subtle has zero fights in his nhl career and anyone would love to see matthews and dry subtle throw hands but the right. game did not call for it the leafs were up uh everyone else was bulldozing everyone or um connect over connect obviously wanted to piss uh, uh matthews off so they can throw the game in the third period guys if he were to take that shot break a bone in his hand everyone else bagheads and all would say why did he do that uh he shouldn't have done that they were up in the game that was stupid so leafs need muscle to protect him right why don't they have tom wilson who's on ir (laughs) yeah that's all i want to say yeah go ahead 30 and anybody who has that take really wasn't paying attention just like Carlo Koliakovo, who wasn't paying attention to the egregious holding call on Justin Hall on that one point that he was trying to make on Twitter. Go look at Koliakovo. Man, sometimes these guys, like as Marty Zilstra said, like sometimes, uh, you know, shout out to Marty Zilstra again, but sometimes these these also rans, <laughs> has been. Happy birthday, former- Marty. Oh, HPD, Marty, by the way. You're you're older and you're sexier, all right? <laughs> and uh, just with all these like these old heads in the NHL sometimes just like their takes are a little like some of them have really good opinions other times they just need to zip it all right just like myself you know I'm not an NHLer but uh, you know sometimes I have a really good takes and other times it's like man dirty shut up but like my main point about this is that if you actually watched and paid attention um, to anything that Austin Matthews did or his mannerisms or the mannerisms of the, of the people around him on the ice, the physical communication there, the body language was all pointing to the fact that Austin Matthews was the bully in that situation, <laughs> that he oh, yeah. was re- very much in control of the situation. And not only did he control the situation, but he didn't have to do anything because it was, it was the situation was taken out of his hands by players that wanted to do that for him. All right. Because 
even when he the even after the initial contact when everything was broken up again and connecting decided to go back into Austin Matthews face guess what Matthews did he fucking pushed him shoved him basically said if if I said if I'm paraphrasing or I don't remember what like I to me it looked like I said hey you're a fucking joke and then he laughed yeah. and then before buddy Konechny, who literally looks like Mickey Mouse next to him, was about to like try something. Giordano came right back in like a lineman, just decked him. And there was nothing else he, Austin can do because the other guy who, you know, came by and put his hand on, like Austin, he put his hand there. What, you want him to start scrapping that guy? That guy didn't even want anything to do with Matthews. All right. Because if, if there was a fight that could have broke out, the other dude would have started it. You know what? You like, did no one paying attention to that? Like, if the other flyer was so pissed off at Matthews, he would have thrown hands with Matthews. They both gave each other a little knock and said, you know what? There's probably no point to fighting this because you're kind of a fucking badass. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And honestly, the whole thing started from Matthews trying to score basically like it's like the equivalent of taking a shot after the the whistle, like scoring a little, you know, behind the or through the legs goal there that obviously wasn't going to go in, you know, just kind of shoving it in their face. Like that's a power move to just be like, I don't care. We're up so much. I can score however I want. This might go in. So <laughs> like, what does he need to back that up for? He backs it up with his play. That's the reason Konechny was pissed. He's pissed because he's good. That's why you don't have to fight people. When you're good, you don't have to fight. You fight them by scoring and pissing them off. Yep. End of discussion. Yep. So uh, we've got an interesting week ahead. So next up, like we said, Carolina, and then it's Vegas. So um, do we think uh, my my request after the Philly game, I said, great, now do it four times. So that would Again. mean winning <laughs> against... Uh, Carolina and then against Vegas on Tuesday. That's that's three hard opponents in four days. What do you what would you like to see the Leafs come out of this with? Do you think they drop tomorrow or do you think they drop Vegas? Do you think they win both? What's what's your uh, realistic scenario here? And Beaner, I'll start with you. Um, realistically, I can see them winning tomorrow in Carolina. Um, doesn't really matter who's in net: Shalgren, Petrozelli. Whether, as uh, Nick Elberger was pointing out on Twitter, the Ducks assistant GM was in the house tonight, so who knows? Maybe they're going for Gibson. Um, Interesting. Not, not that I, I think he's too shell shocked. They've Alan Bestered him. Um, <laughs> I, I think they could pull it off against Carolina tomorrow, but I don't think so against the Golden Knights. Like, the, yes, the back to back, but they the only forward that played under thirteen minutes tonight was Simmons. The lines were spread around. Like it's not like any one person's going to be overly exhausted. Mm-hmm. Fair. I did catch the end of the Vegas Montreal game. They ended up winning it six to four, but there was like seventy, almost eighty shots between the two teams in that game. Like Vegas yeah. had forty, and I think Montreal had thirty something. So um, they score a lot, but it seems that their defense is somewhat lacking, or at least their goaltending. I mean, Logan Thompson's been good, but I don't think he was playing tonight. It was, uh, it was Aiden, Aiden Hill, Hill, right? Aiden yep. Hill. The other, just sorry, off topic here, um, Laurent Brossois should be coming back from injury from the Golden Knights soon, too. So then they would have three goalies as well. So that might actually be a potential candidate. Yeah, I mean, they were kind of trying out different guys to see who worked. And now that they've landed on Thompson, maybe that uh, sends somebody out the door. 
And we'll take them because we are short a goalie or two. I Steph, want six foot you... six Petrozelli to have a shot. I know. I'd love to see it. Because imagine, like I said, I mean, he could be our Bennington the ref. Maybe a little cooler head and less cancel culture But um, Steph, <laughs> what do you want to see out of the next two? I really hope the Leafs play, you know, against their opponent to protect their goalie and not rely on either Schalgren or Petrozelli making that extra save like I, I just really hope that they play hard to defend their goalie because things can go sideways and I do agree with Beaner I think the points are coming out of Carolina tonight in favor of the white and blue um, Wednesday I hope two points of course but I have a feeling we're going to get Logan Tuesday. Thompson or Tuesday sorry yeah Logan Thompson has been on fire same with Aiden Hill so I'm hoping for at least a point on Tuesday then. Uh, maybe OT. It might go to OT, but uh, strong play from the goaltenders, especially if they give Petrozelli a shot. Who knows? Maybe they might give him a look just to say they did so and keep a few promises from training camp. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't think he plays unless, uh, I'm just looking at the schedule ahead. They've got so many games. This is, this can't be fair. So there's one, two, three, four, five games in seven days. Mm-hmm. That's nuts. So they got the back to back this weekend. They've got Tuesday and then they've got Friday and Saturday against the Penguins and Canucks. So maybe we do see Petrozelli play. Like if Murray's not back yet and they don't make a trade like tomorrow or Monday or, you know, tonight. Yeah, honestly, if it's yeah. not within the next 48 hours, we're going to see Petrozelli probably play Friday. Or maybe Saturday against Vancouver. That's Probably I mean. Saturday against Vancouver. Maybe he gets the extra game before the back-to-back just so he gets a little comfy and they can kind of judge him in an NHL game experience versus, you know, preseason games where you're kind of just juggling everyone around. <sighs> you really want to do that against the Vegas Golden Knights? Mm-hmm. Well, we don't really have options, right? It's either that, Pittsburgh, Vancouver, but they're starting to get things together. We'll see if Bietzka's uh, talk <laughs> landed in their head there when he had his little retirement uh, uh, Yeah, show. maybe Pittsburgh because we're going Pittsburgh, Vancouver, and then it's Pittsburgh again on Tuesday. Like, this yeah. schedule is insane for the Leafs. That's pretty loaded. This for, like... month sucks for them. Mm-hmm. And ideally, right. you want to you want to at least break even on some of these series, right? Because like losing to Vegas was pretty awful the first time it happened uh, this year. Like we were, you know, you yeah. we don't have to go if you want to go listen to how the episode sounded when we lost to Vegas the first time. Uh, go back and you'll realize that holy shit, like things change so quickly. We need to. It's not a must win game, but we do <laughs> we do need to actually come you know come pretty damn close to winning that game if if we don't because uh, that like if it, the, the the morale going into the Pittsburgh Canucks Pittsburgh will it's it's going to it's going to be what make or breaks that the, the team really <laughs> big changes could happen if if uh, yeah if that and i mean become, go for it no i was going to say i'm glad that they're getting the vegas games out of the way by november what is that 8th both games against the vegas golden knights are done and they're a team that you know you don't want to be playing in march <laughs> like right now when the Leafs are finding their footing still I think it's it's a good thing that they've played Vegas now and gotten these out of the way but yeah like Penguins, Canucks, Penguins and then Doubles yeah the Canucks and Doubles aren't that great but you know Doubles have been playing well Vancouver's getting it together they're not going to be easy games they're teams that are trying to find it they're not teams that are trying to be bad the Doubles just, are a wagon right now 
I know mm. when they shouldn't be. <laughs> Just going off that point, Darty, uh, I saw a quote floating around. I can't remember who it was from, but you're absolutely right. It's not a must-win game. They said it's a must-show-up game. As long as you're showing up and giving the effort and sh- like proving that you, you, the boys are working hard and not <laughs> taking a nap on the ice, I think that's what's swaying fans over compared to the first 10 games where they look absolutely uninterested. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. And uh, with that, we're at an hour and a half. Let's call it. We're way over. Um, we'll be back. Uh, I guess. Oh, Beaner, what you got before we go? Two quick things. Uh, this day in hockey history. Love it. November 5th, 2022. Alexander Ovechkin passes Gordie Howe and sets the record for most goals scored with a single franchise. Nice. And then they lost to a goal from Nick Ritchie and the Arizona Coyotes. <laughs> That's besides the point. <laughs> that is besides the point, but that is impressive. And, and then uh, <clears throat> and a nice, feel-good, hopefully happy way to end the podcast is the doctors of Bore Salming have approved him to fly to Toronto for the Hall of Fame game next Friday. Yay. Oh, nice. Whether he Love will or that. not is still Yay. up in the air, but his doctors have approved him to fly here. Right Love on. that. Thanks for that. Mm-hmm. We need that. This is where the outro would play, but it's not working because <laughs> I don't know. I already hit it. <laughs> we could do a little uh, rock one. Brown. <laughs> Follow us on.